Welcome one and all to Last Stop Penn Station podcast featuring Carrie Silken and Ian Riccoboni. They dive deep into Carrie's wealth of stories and no subject is off limits. From the world of wrestling to his ticket agency, growing up in New Jersey, drug-fueled underground days, hustling in the French Quarter of New Orleans, and endless days and nights in New York City, every story is worth telling. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting edition of Last Stop Penn Station. Ian Riccoboni, Carrie Silk. And Carrie, before we get started, I got to notice that we were on the iTunes charts in Austria, in France, in Australia, and New Zealand last week, on top of Ireland, UK, and Canada in the personal journal category. It must have been because of the CM Punk episode. It must have been. That was, uh, we had a lot of great stories. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah, and uh, we got a really good reaction. Mm-hmm. And, um, Hopefully the folks in, uh, where'd you say, Australia, Australia, Ireland, yeah, Finland, yeah, Austria, Australia, New Zealand, France. Yeah, there was a good worldwide response. Do you know that Ring of Honor, uh, during my tenure, besides being on in the UK when they had the Fight Channel. Oh, right. Yeah. We were on in France. Yes, I, I knew that because at different times in my tenure, we've been on in a France also. We have a French... Ring of Honor is dubbed in French. They, there's a great Canadian team that does it. And occasionally it's just on in France. <laughs> so I wish I knew more, but that's, that's all I know. Well, it's good that we're on in France. Yeah. We're, we're going to be on September 12th. Sure. Philly. Death Before Dishonor. Big pay-per-view. Yeah. The tickets move fast. Good. They are moving fast. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. Almost all the matches have been announced. Even ones that I didn't know. Heading into the Impossible. Yeah, I didn't know the, the team that would face Violence Unlimited was going to be LSG, John Walters, who's a, a man from your time, mm-hmm. and Lee Moriarty, who's probably the, one of the most exciting names right now in independence. So who are the two mysteries? Well, it was Moriarty and, okay. uh, and Walters. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, LSG is, uh, he's the present, John Walters is the past, and Moriarty is the future of the group. And LSG was just in it last. He, he and yeah. a bunch of people. CB, Lee J. Lethal. Yeah. The BWO. He was, he was a part of the BWO for a weekend. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I, have you ever been to Alaska? Never been. Oh, have you? No, I got 42 down out of 50, and Alaska is one of the eight ninety. Well, I don't think they're going to be rushing back because Lethal told me they didn't draw good houses. Uh, but the shows went on. Yeah. He saw a moose, though. Ooh. I was told by somebody in Vermont when I had the traveling pharmaceutical job that if you see, I said, oh, I'd like to see a moose. They said, if you see one, it's too late. Okay. <laughs> Meaning if you're driving and they're in the road, it's over. <laughs> so. Well, maybe we'll get to go to Alaska one day. Yeah. Speaking of Ring of Honor, uh, how about that match with uh, Eli Eason? Yeah, he's he's something else. Uh, you see guys grow, and, and you're the perfect guy to talk to this about. You, you see guys grow right in front of you. You know, I'm sure when you saw Jay Lethal when he was 18, you had an inkling that he had some sort of potential, mm-hmm. but you might not have guessed that he would have been the star. I'm and Eli Eisen could be that guy. You know? And you were there when he had his first, I think it was his very first ROH match live. Uh, it was at the Hammerstein. 
Okay. Yeah. So might I might have been a dark match. It was a dark match. Yeah. But first match, nevertheless. Yeah. For him. Oh, Eli Isom. Yeah. I thought you meant yeah, Jay Lee. I'm sorry. I, I've called, I think, every single Eli Isom match in Ring of Honor. I think there might be one or two, but yeah. I've seen this guy come in as a 18 year old, 19 year old. I uh, trained by CB, trained by, who's a fantastic trainer. I mean, you look at, he trained Vita Von Star, Eli Isom. Uh, he's had, he's helped with Wither Yuta. He's mm-hmm. who's now all over television. And uh, yeah, Eli is a guy that you, you probably could have put some money on and said he's going to do something. I think he's, he might be an A plus prospect at this point. Well, I don't know why he hasn't been pushed a little, but uh, he's getting his push now. Sure is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Eli some time coming up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Fine looking young man. Absolutely. And uh, what other notes? There? Oh, um, the women's tournament. We got four left. Right. Who do you got? We got Trisha Dora taking on Miranda Alizé, and we got Roxy taking on Angelina. Love. I like Roxy. Yeah, she's she's cool. She's got a, yeah. a cool vibe. So does Trisha Dora, though. And Miranda Alizé looks like she could whoop anybody, and you can't whoop me. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't count out Angelina. She's got the veteran savvy right. out of the four. So yeah, it's gonna be an, it's gonna be a great show. It's coming right around the bend. Yeah, it's only two weeks away at this when point. This, when uh, this last stop, Penn State. This is our seventieth episode. Wow, seventy episodes. And no wonder we did the big one on sixty nine last episode. <laughs> well, this might be a bigger one. Oh, really? But um, <laughs> before we get to that, um, Ian's uh, Ian and I are both. Uh, Ian's more of a regular eBay uh, browser lurker yeah buyer I go on spurts yeah but uh, why don't you tell since we have such a big wrestling fan base yeah tell, them, tell, them, tell our fans what you that if, if they didn't see it on social media Ian got a really cool item not only did I get a cool item I think I got a the bargain of the century because I, when I held it in my hands it was even cooler than I, I thought it's a typewritten TV run sheet from a 1949 broadcast from Brooklyn, New York. And the headline match is Gorgeous George versus Baron Michelle Leone. And those two were like the sting and flair. They mm-hmm. were always kind of paired together. You know, Leone had some big matchups against Fez. Um, you know, Gorgeous George had big matchups wherever he went. He had some famous hair matches later in his career. But they always seemed to gravitate back to each other. And they were, uh, you know, Leone was the big star from Los Angeles. George was the big star from the East Coast. And so it was always cool when they when they met. And that was a match that they took to Chicago and Los Angeles and New York City and Philly and D.C. And so what I what I got was this run sheet, this typewritten it's from a typewriter uh, and it's got eight signatures on it. And Gorgeous George, like John Hancock, is the biggest and boldest at the bottom. And the signature is beautiful. Uh, you can tell the ink that they use. They, they sure put a lot more thought into pens in 1949 mm-hmm. because this ink, you know, sometimes you get a baseball signed and you have it on the mantle and you can tell it's fading already because the, the pen wasn't great. I don't think this thing will ever fade if I don't put it in direct sunlight <laughs> because it's a beautiful signature. Great pressure on the signature. Great pen was used. But it's also signed by Leone. It's signed by uh, Jim Goon Henry, who signed it as the Green Hornet, uh, who he's wrestling as. 
Uh, it's signed by uh, Chief, I think it's Chief Little Heart out of Colorado. A uh, couple of signatures. The Golden Superman's on there. Did you look at eBay to see if there's any other Gorgeous George autographs available? Like yeah, there might not be any. There's a, there's a handful. So he was one of the few guys that had like publicity photos okay. of his time because he was that big of a star. Not many wrestlers had the eight by tens or five by sevens yet. There's a couple, and those all go for 400, 500 bucks. Um, and the signature is not as nice because they're writing on a glossy thing. Um, his signature sometimes obscures the photo, so it's not as cool. Uh, but this I got for $650. And what I learned... Sarah had a heart attack. <laughs> got her permission. I did a trick. If you're on eBay, here's the trick. If you like something and it's got to buy it now, click the heart button. And if you're, if you're willing to kind of see how it plays out, click the heart button. They had a heart button. There's a heart button. And it'll add it to your favorites. And every once in a while, a seller will shoot out, hey, anybody that has this favorited 20% off if you buy it right now. Okay. So it was $9.99.99. And it took it, it was like 35% off. And so I was, I was almost going to buy it at nine at nine ninety nine ninety nine. But when that 35% off notice came, I said, Sarah, I'm buying it. <laughs> and uh, it's incredible. The, it aired. It's one of the first big televised matches. In the and she said, but well, we need milk. <laughs> How are the kids going to eat? Uh, <laughs> thankfully, Ring of Honor compensates me very fairly. <laughs> As does my regular job during the week. But uh, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a run sheet from TV. It turned. I did more research. I went on SoCalUncensored.com. They have a big history of Baron Leone. Turns out this was a huge television match in 1949 on WPIX Channel 11. I was watching something recently. The hell was it? But they were meant something. The point is, is that in 1948, like... 2% of the households had TVs yeah. and it wasn't until like 52 ish. Yeah. There was like 30 when uncle Gunny was, <laughs> was on the TVs, yeah. TV for a week. but yes. so 49, it couldn't have been, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't popular, sure, but popular to a small amount of people that had TVs were all stood outside the, uh, the old store window. Yeah. Went to the went to the tavern or whatever. Yeah, this was uh, as far as I can tell, and I'm still doing more research. This was a huge match, and so not only not only am I firmly confident it's authentic because it's been authenticated by PSA. Uh, it, it just comparing it to different other things, the signatures for Gorgeous George and Leone look you know look authentic, but uh, this is just a really really cool piece. I'm interested in the TV ratings. I'm going to see if I can go through the newspapers.com and see if they were printed anywhere. Cause this would have been a huge match. And to your point, Carrie, I mean, there's that quote that came out in 1947, which was, uh, you know, there, the more televisions were sold by Milton Berle and Gordon mm -hmm. Shores than anybody else. So, you know, this is uh, definitely part of wrestling history. And I bought it kind of on a whim. I didn't know that this was, you know, a huge televised match on one of the original super stations. Well, in that special that we, Briefly talked about last week the, the Muhammad Ali Dick Cavett uh, special because mm -hmm. he was on the Dick Cavett show many times. Right. Uh, there's a a good clip of about oh a good forty five to sixty seconds of him talking about telling Dick Cavett how you know Dick Cavett's like how did you get that 
you know, you got that gift of gab. And he yeah. talks about seeing Gorgeous George. Right. And Gorgeous George talked them into the match. Yeah. And I, I went there and I said, wow, there's no, there's 15,000 other people there, you know, yeah. and I'm one of them because they paid, you know, so he said that because I could do that. Yeah. So, yeah, Ali credited Gorgeous George with his promos. Yeah. And so many people credit Ali, which is funny because superstar Billy Graham mm-hmm. always credits Ali and then Hogan credits Billy Graham. So it's it's funny that it all comes back to, to Gorgeous George. Well, speaking of Ali, um, I was going to mention, I, I, I left this off my list, but last I saw a movie. No, I didn't watch it with AJ. I watched it by myself. Um, I hadn't seen this movie. I don't know. 20 years. Coneheads. No. <laughs> Requiem for a Heavyweight. Oh, okay. Yeah. 1960. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 60, 60, 60 or 62. And it was on the Turner classic movies. Okay. So I saw that it was, I just saw it on the guide. So I yeah. recorded it. Mm-hmm. So when they show those movies, they give you a little information about it. Right. So Requiem for a Heavyweight. It's a story of a boxer who's finished Mm -hmm. and his only opportunity is to go into wrestling. It's based on um, the Italian guy. guy Primo Canero. Primo Canero, yep. And Rod Sterling from The Twilight Zone did a a TV version of this in 56. I don't think there's any... If there's any remaining footage... uh, it's not around. But anyway, it was enough of a success that there was money put behind it. So Rod Sterling produced this film mm-hmm. and the ma- his manager, it's Anthony Quinn playing the boxer, famous old school actor, and the great Jackie Gleason oh, wow. playing his manager <laughs> and the great Mickey Rooney oh. playing the trainer. Wow. Okay. You know, like the Burgess Meredith. Yeah. But in the and, in the check this out. Yeah. In the, in the in his the match, which is actually his last boxing match, uh, his opponent in the match is Cassius Clay. No way. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And so before the movie started, the guy talking about the film, Rob Sterling, Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. uh, Jackie Gleason. Uh, just a huge star, the great Mickey Rooney and, and Anthony Quinn was Academy Award guy. Yeah. Um, and he goes, and keep your eye out because in the first boxing scene, you're going to see a very recognizable face. Huh. And it was Ali. So then on t- on top of that, and I think we did mention this last week, or, or uh, maybe not, but uh, Sky Lolo. No way. Hey, <laughs> Stacks Calhoun. Oh, wow. Sky Lolo. Yeah. Dr. Jerry Graham, Ooh. Uh, some other little people, because there's a four four uh, troop. four midget match going on. Uh, yeah. And so it's really, really good. It's sad. Yeah. You know, this guy's, you know, and he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it. Sounds like primo. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, check it out, because that last scene is is him coming out to the ring via uh, in, a, in an Indian getup. Interesting. Yeah, okay. it's really good. So, yeah. Requiem for a Heavyweight. Okay. Well worth well worth the watch. Awesome. So, and one last uh, cinematic note with the Al. You know, we were over, we, we often touched on these 
Alan, the fair. Yeah. My stories of the freaks. And we have the great Allentown Fair. Yeah, coming, coming up. Yeah. So a great uh, two-part documentary on the history of the circus. Interesting. Uh, was that a... Um, Ken Burns or that was no that was it was a PBS nevertheless it gotcha. came out like three four years ago yeah and um, man P.T. Barnum and uh, Bailey Bailey was that was another troop yeah and uh, just the stuff they did Aye. and once the tra- well when they good and bad and yeah. once the trains were built in like the 1870s they mm-hmm. showed the routes that the circus would take. Ah. Like before the train, they would just like- Caravan. Kept walk to the next town. <laughs> and uh, it, it was really interesting. Really yeah. interesting. Uh, I saw a great YouTube video. It's by a, a page called Yesterworld. Okay. They usually talk about Disney World, but they talked about Coney Island and the formation and it, very similar themes about the formation of Coney Island, the attractions, the, how they're borrowing from the circuses, but they also were trying to top the circuses, the city of light kind of thing where they wanted to make the biggest light display and this and that. And it was, yeah, some of the animal things kind of, right. I, I almost they said were, it, yeah. They weren't cool. Yeah. Um, it's it just the way it was. And, and the, uh, talk about the human oddities, yeah. the sideshows mm. and, um, the, you know, so you had the human oddities with tent, and yeah. then you had the menagerie. Oh, okay. And then you had the circus, and eventually there was a two ring circus, mm-hmm. and then a three ring circus. Um, and it's just really, really interesting, really good. And now there's no more circus. Yeah. Not not uh, Ringling brother. Oh, Ringling. That's the other. Ringling. One. Yeah. John Ringling. There was right. there were five. Was that five? Were the Ringling brothers? The Ringling brothers. There were five brothers. Really? Yeah. It's like and, the Dusicks. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's like Ernie Emil, Joe. Eventually, you know, they they sort of all combined, but yeah. um, yeah, very good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Check out the circus. Yeah, it's such a shame. That's a huge part of we we talk a lot about Madison Square Garden. How important that is. It's a huge was, history of Madison Square Garden. That was the opening of the every of the year. The opening show shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was at the Garden, mm. and when it had a dip in in popularity at some point, like the eighteen thirties, they told uh, the Ringling Brothers or whomever, uh, P. T. Barnum was like eighteen thirty to like. 1890 and then mm. so on and so forth. But uh, the circus, they would usually book like two weeks, but it interfered with either a basketball tournament or mm. some or the fights. And they're like, yeah. no, 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 you can't, you know, so very good. Check yeah. it out. Awesome. Hopefully they'll have some good attractions in Allentown. Yeah, we're, ca- we're counting on it. It's back, baby. <laughs> it's, it's back this year. And uh, hopefully the... You know, hopefully the attractors we all know and love. You, I saw you post a picture of the 1,100-pound pig. I hope, still, I hope they make it this and year. And still growing. <laughs> love the caption. <laughs> <laughs> well, growing is the request for the topic we have for today. Because, Carrie, we've, we've hinted about it. Uh, I know last week we promised something different. We will get to that. But uh, recent current events uh, have... Brought this man's name back into the limelight, uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair. And 
17 times the uh, world champion, and if not more, depending on how you count Jack Veneno and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, and uh, the Fujinami win and switch and all that, you know, upwards of 23 or 25. But uh, he's been in Ring of Honor, <laughs> and there's been a lot of questions. I recently submitted a anonymous tip to Colt Cabana's anonymous hotline, which he encourages you to, yeah. to call in. It's called Wrestling Anonymous. And uh, I, I told him about the story about how he came to a local gym, just tried to walk in. And my friend's mom said, excuse me, do you have a membership? <laughs> and, uh, stopped him and he tried to say, I'm Ric Flair. Does Ric Flair have a membership? And uh, but yeah, he's uh, very beloved in wrestling. And I know that we've we've tiptoed around this because of his belovedness. But right. you're ready to you're ready to tell the story. Well, and- the story is the story. And, and before before we get before I get going. This is one of, you know, uh, prior to what you're going to hear, and some people might not like this story. Well, it's just it's just what happens. The truth. Anybody yeah. who was involved in, in Ring of Honor in 2009 mm-hmm. can verify every word of this. And it was it's. I'll get to the story, but it was sort of sad because this was one of my. I, I don't know if you use the word heroes, but someone who, you know, you had to look up to as a pro wrestling fan, one of the all-time greats, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. And I had dealt prior to this with Dusty Rhodes and, you know, Jim Carnett and the Midnight Express. Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat. Mick Foley. Foley and Bill, Bill Watts. Watts. Bruno. Bruno. Yeah. And, and... Harley Race, mm-hmm. and the list goes on and on. J.J. Uh, Dillon, um, so many people, and uh, really had no problems. Mm-hmm. Everybody was a man of their word, except Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to take a sidetrack here. Uh, can you fill me fill me in on what happened with Kamala real quick before we get to Ric Flair? Well, our our dear friend Bushwhacker Luke, mm-hmm. who's there's the man no one says anything bad about. No, he's he's the best. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, just like recently with Bobby Eaton passing away, there's no one that said anything bad. Right. Well, Luke Luke Williams has not passed away, and no one says anything bad about him, mm-hmm. and he's alive. But he's we were doing um, where were we? Phoenix. The WrestleMania 2008. weekend? Yeah, 2008. Maybe it was Houston the year before. Okay. Right, one of those two. Yeah. Regardless, um, we had... Oh, he did the thing with Bobby Dempsey. Right. With the belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Necro Butcher was around. Yeah. So Luke was going to be at the shows and do autographs and do a tag match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Pierce was booking and... Uh, Luke, I wanted, I said, Luke, who do we get? You know, Greg Valentine's always around. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he, he, what about this one? He goes, oh, I made, I know someone who'd be good uh, who doesn't go to come around that much. I'm like, who? He goes, uh, Jim. I go, who's Jim? <laughs> Jim Harris, Kamala. Mm-hmm. So I call Kamala and he'd been booked for something in Chicago and it was like the point was it had to had to change his plane ticket around, mm-hmm. so we had that expense. It wasn't it just out of the gate, and uh, so Luke and Kamala 
or doing the autographs at this show, uh, night one. Luke was there both nights. Kamala was only there one night. And um, they both had really big lines. We had a good crowd. We had like... 1,200, 1,500 people. That was one of the biggest gates until right. until recently, yeah. And they both had really good lines, and we had a deal. I think the deal was we split, you know, we paid their expenses. Mm-hmm. We'll split the autographs. Which is how it On the works. honor system, which was okay. a mistake. <laughs> which we'll get to with Rick Flair, too. Okay. The honor system is a mistake with some Now people. I know why we have tickets when we with that right. name. Okay, thank you. All so right. <laughs> when Luke's finished, yeah. he, he uh, Kamala had more people than Luke. Mm-hmm. So Luke's done, and he counts the money, and he has like, I don't know, twelve hundred dollars. Wow, it's good. Yeah, it's like one hundred twenty people times ten or whatever. Yeah, okay. and Kamala tells me I only got four hundred dollars. Sid comes over and he couldn't shake him down. It's it, for those that might be new listeners. Sid was a part of the Ring of Honor management, right. not Psycho Sid. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, and. It was, you know, he just, he, he was, he just fleeced us, Mm. you know, and he just refused, you know, like, no, 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 I didn't have that many people. Okay, whatever. (laughs) That was that. Um, And then he did that little spot with Bobby Dempsey. Yeah. So that's the Kamala story. All right. Well, that was, I mean, that was worth the money. We still play that. It was just fun. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so you've had, you've had generally good experiences. Generally good experiences with everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Um, except for Kamala. <laughs> except for Kamala. Um, I'm trying to think if anyone else gave us a hard time. Um, I would think not because most of the guys you had always did some sort of return. Mick Foley came in more than once. Steamboat came in more than once. Bruno came in more than yeah. once. Like Jim Cornette was in quite, uh, I mean, he was a regular part of the, the team at one point. But yeah, I would think that there was solid communication and relationships with just about any of them. Red Hart too. Yeah. Yeah. No problems. Yeah. Then we get to Ric Flair. Yeah, so this is 2009. Correct. And you're getting and we're ready. we're doing HDNet. Get, yeah. And we this, started HDNet in like February of 2009. Yep. And so this is after Ric Flair has retired in 2008. He but has, he was he was doing something with WrestleMania that right, year. Right. He was Something. I think he was inducted to the Hall of Fame right. or, yeah. So he was back. He was back on the headlines. Yeah. Of the general wrestling public. Mm-hmm. So... Mike from High Spots. Okay, good guy. He is a good guy. Yeah. And he's a great guy. Yeah. Except he didn't give me, and he would, he would, if he was here, if we had him on, <laughs> he'd probably tell you, he didn't give me complete disclosure. Ah. Uh, he sort of arranged, you know, he, he told me that Flair was available. Okay. And, you know, now you got HDNet and he's leaving WWE mm-hmm. and he certainly needs the money. And I spoke to the guys at HDNet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two ways to use them. We could bring them in for uh, autograph appearances, you know, for New York, for Chicago, for Toronto, yeah, for Detroit, wherever. And uh, we could also, there was the possibility, this, this we went through it with the help of HDNet, to use him at the tapings. Okay. As the, uh, my role, the ambassador. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So... 
HDNet was going to chip in. And I know it wasn't, a, see, the whole thing was bad because it wasn't a popular idea with the with the with the uh, wrestlers. Now, who? I, if you can name anybody, do you remember? I I know. I, I, Everybody didn't like it because they knew that he was getting paid way more than everybody else. Right. I saw the lawsuit number. Right. <laughs> yeah. They, so they, but yet they were all over him. I bet. I mean, because it's Rick Flair. If, right. If Hulk Hogan, I mean, there's the there's the the famous or maybe do you remember when AJ hurt his back at final battle? And the word was going, Jay Lethal, you know, said, hey, I can get so-and-so. And it's the biggest name in wrestling. Yeah, we can. And, you know, I'm sure if he came in, everybody, oh, get a picture with him, get a picture with it. But and you know who I'm talking about. I won't say it. But um, but yeah, I'm sure it was the same thing with Ric Flair where, you know, hey, it's it's Ric Flair. I'm going to, you know, complain. I'm not getting paid as much as he is. But then I'll see him in the hall. Stop and get a picture with him. <laughs> well, I forget the exact order of the events, um, but. My mistake was advancing him the money for, he did an autograph appearance with us in St. Louis. Everything went well. Mm -hmm. um, Mike G was a personal driver, okay. which is a joke in itself because one of Mike G's nicknames besides Midas is Magellan. Magellan. He doesn't. It's like he'll, you're in a restaurant and he gets up to go to the bathroom. If the bathroom's to the right, he walks to the left <laughs> every time. So uh, he was going to uh, get flared from the airport to the building. Okay. So we did the, we did the, we paid him, I paid him for six appearances, which okay. was a fool's, uh, a fool's move. Gotcha. And then we had the HD net. Uh, thing. So he comes sure. to the first taping mm -hmm. in Philly when we have him. Yeah. And everything was fine. Mm -hmm. And he did his little promo mm -hmm. and put over the company. And uh, he didn't sit in the dressing room with everyone else. He sat, he found some cubby hole in the uh, 2300 ECW arena. Yeah. And um, so, but it went well enough. Well, the, can, can I go back just yeah. a little bit? How did, did you negotiate with, with the high spots guys? Were they the intermediaries? How do you call, do you call them? Do you, do you talk? You put me in touch with Flair directly. Okay. Um, rumor at the time. It was charming on the phone, of course. Sure, sure. And, you know, a lot of the folks in Ring of Honor have, have great stories about Ric Flair, but I'm sure they haven't done business with Ric Flair. Uh, the... In terms of negotiating, uh, was it, you know what was that process like? Did he come, the number that you ended up giving him? Did you come in lower? Was there any kind of negotiation, or was it? We paid him ten thousand dollars in appearance for the autograph signing. Okay, and I don't remember what his fee was for the HDNet thing, but it was a split with gotcha with uh, the HDNet people. Sure, who are now Access, right? Which also gave me uh, you know and tell be able to tell these guys in the back. Yeah. You know, that, hey, you know. There's hey, somebody kicking it. Right. Yeah. Um, in terms of the rumors at the time, I remember being on the internet, there was a rumor that Reed Flair wanted a shot. He did. And uh, was there any plans to use Reed? There was. Okay. So, at the first taping, mm -hmm. he really liked it. Mm -hmm. And he said to me that about his son coming in. Yeah. And 
I might even put the boots back on. Oh, wow. So we were like, oh, wow. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple of weeks went by and it was time for the next HDNet tapings sure. in Philly. And a frantic Adam Pierce comes running up to me. This is before the show. Yeah. And waves me and Sid. And we go to the back and there's Flair. Mm-hmm. And he, so what had happened was he, Vince McMahon, Saw him or was told yeah. he's on Ring of Honor HDNet tapings. Mm-hmm. And even though he was out of contract, it came down to this. Uh, and Flair almost said it like this. If you work with these guys anymore, you can never come back here. Oh, wow. So who knows how much money he might have owed Vince McMahon. Got Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because there's the stories of, of Vince helping... Financially, right. and and he's even Rick Flair's even said that. So this Absolutely. is not this is not new information. No, and yeah. uh, so there's Flair in the back, huh. and he breaks the news to us that Did, he can't be doing these tapings. I'm sorry, but I'll come out tonight. I don't want it filmed. I can't have it filmed. And I'm like, Rick, <laughs> can you do it? You know, can you? I, I didn't know what to say. And uh, no one knew what to say. Yeah. And I was trying to think quick. And I said, can you maybe can we do uh, like put us over with, with WWE? Like, you know how they did the ECW thing? Yeah. Or yeah. Something. Right. And he, he says to me, uh, Carrie, uh, you don't know how this man thinks. Uh, so he shut it down, basically. But that's interesting because at least he's being up front at this point. It feels like he's being up front. Right. Yeah. It felt like he was being up front. So. Yeah. He did his little appearance, mm-hmm. non-TV, but then we had another, I think it was five more autograph. Yeah. Uh, however it came out, there were five more autograph appearances, or maybe it was seven, but there was one coming up. There. So now we're talking about after the HD, after he retires from HDNet. Right. He's got to come back. Right. To fulfill these seven autograph tapings. Yeah. So the first one was in uh, Manassas, Virginia. Okay. And the following evening was in New York City. Okay. At the Hammerstein. Cool. And I called Mike G into action once again. (laughs) And he picked Flair up Mm -hmm. at... uh, and if the last stop Penn Station book ever gets published, yeah, which it will, which it will, this is this is a this is in there. So Mike picks Flair up at either the, the airport. What's the Dulles? Either it, Dulles or the one Reagan? No, 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 no. the one be, right in Baltimore. B- oh, oh, uh, Thurgood Marshall, the one where near where we stay. Yeah, yeah, BWI. Right. Yeah. So he picks Flair up and. I'm at the building, or I got to the building like two o'clock, and 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 Mike's calling Sid, hmm. and he says this guy's out of control. He doesn't want to come. Huh. What do you mean he doesn't want to come? He's he's, he's here. <laughs> so Flair was giving Mike a hard time. Huh. I'm not fucking going. Uh, that, 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 and, he, and what was he going to do? He was there. I, it was it was insane. And, and Flair and Mike's like. But Rick, yeah. <laughs> there's a thousand people waiting for you. And they got yeah. sold out in New York City. Yeah. So he soothed them. 
Yeah. He got to the building. Cool. And when he got to the building, uh, although I knew about this, he was he was fine. Mm-hmm. And what happened was during the time of the HD net tapings where he resigned mm-hmm. and during the time of this first autograph appearance, his son, had Reed, had gotten arrested oh. for like the second or third time oh, no. with narcotics possession. Yeah. And before the show, there was a little uh, snack bar, lounge, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there with him. Yeah. It, you know, I knew that he, he freaked out on my cousin and I knew he quit HDNet. Yeah. But, I mean, I knew that I have another six of these to do with them. Right. So I'm talking to him. Yeah. And I told him, I said, you know, Rick, I go, I, I'm the, you're a grown man. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. I said, but I've been clean like nine years. Yeah. And uh, or maybe 10 or 12 years at that point. But I said, if your son's trying to you know, walk on the right side of the road. You can't be like partying around him. And he listened to me yeah. and he nodded his head. Yeah. And uh, we went on to, uh, we got through that show. Mm-hmm. And Mike was supposed to give him a ride to the hotel and drive him to New York. And Flair tells Mike G, I'll get there myself. Huh. Just give me a ride to the hotel. Yeah. I'll get there myself. Oh, I know. Excuse me. Tell the story wrong. He was uh, after the hotel. He had a flight to LaGuardia and Mike was going to pick him up at LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. And Flair's like, I'll just take, I'll take a cab. It's it's all right, Mike. I I got this. Yeah. So the Manassas went okay. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people came to see him. Yeah. That's Flair country. And yeah. the next night was uh, Manhattan and we, oh, we had advertised that Flair was going to be special guest referee. The main event included Aries. Okay. Uh, I can look it up. I forget who else. But this is the time when Jerry Lynn was, a, was you know, I was very close with Jerry Lynn mm-hmm. and Tyler Black at the time. Right. And those were like my hanging out buddies. And um, so... He shows up in New York. If you're looking it up, I think it's it's May or June of 2009. Yeah, I, he, I'll get it. He yeah. shows up in New York and he does the autograph part before the show. Downstairs, you know that room at the Hammerstein. Yeah, yeah. A ton of people. Absolutely. I mean, I, the heart was, we had the Hardys. Or, but yeah. Right. It's just and jam-packed. it was good. And he was all, he was in a good mood and yeah. everything was fine. And I was like, all right, good. We got two of these down. Now we got to get through Chicago, Detroit, <laughs> Toronto, Boston, right? Yeah. Well, did you find that? I did. It was uh, Austin Aries defeating Jerry Lynn and Tyler Black to win the world title. Nigel was ringside replacing Ric Flair. Okay. Yeah. And Ric Flair looks like he, he came out and said something. Well, maybe. I'm going to get to that. Okay. So... We, we do the, uh, he does the autograph thing. The first half of the show goes on. Now, behind that curtain, right? And mm-hmm. it's the second half is ready to start. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Flair comes up to me 
And he's like, what are you doing? You guys are showing this on television. I go, no, we're not. He goes, bullshit, you're not. Look, there's fucking cameras everywhere. I go, Rick, these are for DVDs. He goes, I told you I can't be on TV. He goes, and I'm, he goes, I'm going to walk out of here. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, fuck your company. Whoa. And I'm like, and then Adam Pierce came to the, came, comes running over. Yeah. And he sees me and Flair like nose to nose. <laughs> and Pierce is like, what's the matter? Yeah. And he's yelling at, he's yelling at Adam. Yeah. Same thing. And all the guys, mm-hmm. Aries, Nigel, Brian, Jerry, Tyler, Cabana, any, any, Cabana yeah. anyone who was not cordoned off was witnessing this. Mm-hmm. So what it came down to was the Pierce is like, you can't leave. <laughs> You're the special guest referee. He goes, I'm the special guest nothing. He goes, and he's pointing at me and pointing at me. He goes, I'm going to go out there right now. You put me out now and I'm going to put, put over your company and put over you. And you better make sure that my room at the Marriott in Newark is there because I'm, I'm out of here right after that. Huh. So I'm like, oh my God, uh, they're going to set the place on fire. Yeah. And and if if Flair doesn't do the, uh, and he wasn't going to be guest referee in in the ring. It's he a was, special enforcer. Right, yeah, outside the ring. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sweating bullets. I'm <laughs> shitting my pants. Um, and I'm looking at and Adam. <laughs> so looking at each other. So he goes out to open the second half. And he says all kinds of nice things about Ring of Honor. And he mentions me. And I'm just sitting back there going, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he when he was done, he walks past us mm-hmm. and goes out the back door to 35th Street oh, as if yeah. he knew the building. Yeah. And we didn't watch, you know, it must have just went to 8th Avenue, got a cab. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And all this is the greatest thing Austin Aries ever did yeah. <laughs> in the history of my history with him. Okay. <laughs> he had some good matches, too. He did. He did. Um, he's like, I, I, so what they did was when that when that final match came on. Yeah. The flair music. What's that song? That uh, also, that's for Richard. Yeah. Yeah. The 2001 Space Odyssey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it plays, and Aries took a cape or a something, some kind of towel, anything. Yeah. And the lights were low, yeah. and he walked out on the platform yeah. and did the flare strut and turned around, and it was him. And guess what happened? They booed him. They booed him, but nobody cared that Ric Flair was not there. Oh. Nobody cared. Yeah. Because uh, they, they got to see him, at least. They got to see him. Yeah. And there wasn't one person that said, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Maybe on the internet they did. Who knows? But I was so I was so beat up and so deflated that um, myself and Jerry Lynn and Tyler Black, Seth Rollins... We creeped out that 30 the back door mm-hmm. at the end of the night and went to get some food. Yeah. And uh, they're like, God, don't worry about it, Carrie. But they all saw it. Yeah. Everybody saw it. And he never returned wow. to fulfill his other dates. Yeah. But there's a very sad kicker to this. Oh. Um, 
when I was talking to him about his son, yeah, his son died oh. within a year, yeah, maybe less. Yeah, it was pretty shortly thereafter. Yeah, so and uh, he never fulfilled the other obligations. I went. We had a the, the guy that did our our legal stuff was in New Jersey. Um, and he, he, uh, suggested a, um, a lawyer in Charlotte cause that's where Flair lived at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I called this guy up. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he said, he said, he goes, uh, Mr. Silicon, I don't want to take any money from you. And if I were you, I wouldn't do this because it's going to cost you $20,000 to try to get $40,000 that you're never going to get and you're going to be 100th online. Wow. So he was aware of other yeah. civil cases that uh, Flair uh, had at the time. Wow. He was paying alimony. I don't know if any what's true and what's not, but the word was he was paying double alimony of like $20,000 a month. Oh, no. And... Uh, his lifestyle, sure, you know, was that, that was that was like legit jet flying limousine right. riding. Yeah. And we have a mutual friend. Okay, Gary we- Juster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I talked to Gary. I he doesn't I, like talking about it. He doesn't. And I made I didn't when Ric Flair was announced for the seventy third anniversary. I talked to Gary in Philly. I said, "Do you think he's going to show up?" And he said, "Who?" I said, "Ric Flair." And I had forgotten that Gary and Rick were rather close. And he said, of course he's going to show up. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I said, well, he didn't show up for Gary. And he goes, oh, that was the past. He's on the right track now. And he, said, you know, he says, Wendy, his, his you know, current partner, current right. wife, um, who was, I believe, Fifi on WCW, uh, she, you know, she's got him kind of focused and in the right frame of mind. Well, I don't know if it was Gary, <laughs> but somebody <laughs> arranged uh, it. A birthday party in Atlanta. Oh, okay. And Flair, Flair rented out a restaurant. Wow. <laughs> that someone knew the guy. Yeah. And that guy never got paid either. Oh, geez. It's like a twelve thousand dollar tab. Holy crap. Yeah. I don't think that was Gary. Gary's good for it, but <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I know people are listening who would be. And, if, if anyone knows pro wrestling and has been around, they know that Ric Flair, as great as he's been as a performer, as much as he's meant to pro wrestling, wasn't the greatest with money. And uh, at least with me, he wasn't a man of his word. Can, I, can I ask a couple questions? Oh, yeah. uh, there's the long persistent rumor that WWE paid, you know, it settled his debt. Is that accurate or not accurate? I really don't know what's accurate and yeah. what's not accurate. I, when okay. he left WWE recently, I'm mm-hmm. like, why is he going to do that? Yeah. Because certain people have said that uh, Vince McMahon paid his taxes. Like, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're not talking about $2,000, you know, like right. a, a million dollar tax. Uh, right. That would be at least at least $300,000 probably. Right. Yeah. A, a few times. and Right. So Flair coming back, working WWE, making appearance, this and that. Mm-hmm. You may take a little off the bill. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
when he left recently, um, I was surprised. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, well, they, I, I guess what I mean, the, the rumor was that in the past they've settled some of his other his other obligations. Did you receive any money no. from them? No. Um, and, and I saw him in 2019, the, in the greatest day of our lives of, of, of Madison Square Garden wow. show. He was at the uh, High Spots convention, okay. the WrestleCon. Yeah. And uh, I saw a bunch of people. And he had a line of people. Mm-hmm. And I just saw. I didn't. I didn't say hello. I just walked did, by. Do you have any fear telling the story? Because you're you're kind of the little man here. No, you know, and he's you know he's Ric Flair. So there, there might good. Be some Maybe fear. you'll hear this and pay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Cole Cabana has said it on Ring of Honor broadcasts. He's not been afraid to say it on his podcast. I. I mean, I'm I'm kind of shocked as well that this hasn't been louder and clearer. Uh, to folks, but well, I know he he owed high you know high spots mm-hmm. uh, got his belt right at one point yeah and uh, Mike had problems you know uh, I don't know if it ever got settled yeah yeah uh, after that you would go on to you would start the explore exploration of selling to Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what you've said around that time a little later a little later it ends up being sold in what april of 2011 officially mm-hmm. uh, so for you was that just another sign that you know what maybe i should start winding this thing down it was a real kick in the balls yeah no doubt about it did, did you lose did you lose did you kind of trust or faith in what was happening i mean because you go on to bring in more we more well if he, we followed him with bret hart Okay. Who was a pleasure. Yeah. I've he heard was it. a pleasure. Yeah. And, and he drew well. Yeah. And he's no problem. Uh, I told the story about driving him from Boston to New York with the bucks in the back. No, I, you've never told it on the air. Yeah. We, we had, we did a show in Boston and the next day was in, uh, New York mm-hmm. and I wanted to get out of Boston and drive. And so did Bret Hart. I didn't know him, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, "Well," and and I had Adam Pierce put the bucks on first. Okay, and uh, Hart, Bret Hart was like, "Why are these kids coming with us?" <laughs> I go, "Well, they're my buddies. It's all right." Yeah. So it turned out that the ride, the four-hour ride, went by like in a minute because he was really easy to talk to. And I knew a lot about the Calgary history. Yeah. And I was able to bring up these names. Sure. That were real oddballs. Mm-hmm. And uh, he liked that. And he also did. There were two people he did not like. And he was very verbal about it. And one of them was Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one was um, Shawn Michaels. Okay, which I think, credit to him, I think he's buried the hatchet with both since. since that right. He very publicly in 2010 did so with Shawn Michaels and then more recently with Ric Flair. So that's, that's pretty cool. If you if you were able to see Ric Flair, would you, you know, I, I know I know that's a lot of money. So he, we're talking about 40000 Yeah. So I'm not saying you're rich, Carrie, but you got a lot. You're very you're fortunate compared to others, but that's still got a sting. Yeah, it stung, man. It was just, you know, just to get a screwing like that. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, we didn't, we we probably had advertised them for the future events 
Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't like you could buy a ticket for an autograph in advance. Gotcha. So I think we replaced him with Bret Hart quickly. Yeah. That's, and that's everybody a liked it. Yeah. So that's my Ric Flair story, boys <laughs> and girls. <laughs> wow. Finally, uh, finally got to hear the Ric Flair story. Was it seemed like you you took out along at we least. Got along. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of similarities with you guys. You're kind of a flashy guy when you go out. You go to good restaurants. You like a good meal. You like nice cars. Yeah, I mean, you like flying first class. <laughs> I've seen I've seen how you roll, Carrie. I know, but I I get the free upgrade. You you fork over the dough for it. You know. No, <laughs> he was easy to talk to. Um, but uh, let's say some good things. What what was the best thing about having Ric Flair around Ring of Honor? Well, it was just really cool. Yeah. You know, the first time he came, somehow I, I got the there was a, there was an autograph signing in St. Louis that preceded the HD Net. Okay, and that was the first. Like I, I mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. so he was fresh, and Mike G got him to the building, uh, and. These guys were all over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Sami Zayn, Jericho, yep. mm-hmm. they were like all over him. And yeah. Nigel and uh, Kevin Steen, because uh, we had a monitor in the back. Okay. And he, he was really enjoying it. And yeah. the main event was uh, Nigel and somebody. And I was at the table with Flair. Mm-hmm. I'll look and, it up quick, Clover. And... Uh, I lean over to him. It was a really good match. Anything Nigel's in is going to be a really good match. Yeah. This is in Collinsville. Gotcha. And uh, I said, what do you think? He goes, oh, this is great. You know, these guys can work. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, that was that was like our that was like our high watermark. <laughs> so for this one, I actually found Dave Prazak's message board post about this. It was uh, March 13th. 2009. Right. And uh, Dave Prazak interviewed Ric Flair to, to start. Well, I in think the, Sweeney did. See, well, there was the shrug off. Right. Which was, again, that might be worth $40,000 carried in, in hindsight. <laughs> I mean, him and Larry Sweeney having the, having the shrug off. It was Brent Albright versus Nigel. For they the had title. a good match. Yeah. I, I think I remember seeing this show. Um, Bison Smith versus Brian Danielson. And this is the fun era of Ring of Honor because you got these guys who kind of came in, came out. Um, you know, Kenny King and Rhett Titus against the Chris. Um, against who? The Chris. Jake oh, and Dave. Yeah. Jake and Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Sweet and Sour Incorporated versus Cena Generico. So it was, uh, yeah, Chris Hero, Davey, Davey Richards, and Eddie Edwards versus Steen Generico and Dempsey. So, yeah, this is, um, oh, and look at, listen to this opener. This was, well, it wasn't the opener. It's pretty close to the opener. Austin Aries, Claudio, Kenny Omega, and Silas Young. Wow. In a four-corner survival. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, we've had some good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, he really enjoyed, he really enjoyed the, uh, that night. He enjoyed it. Sounds like he a heck of a car. He was engaged. Yeah. And uh, then it went, uh, yeah. you know, then it went down. But uh, what are you going to do? It. He goes to TNA shortly thereafter. Right. Did you did you just say what the hell? Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he and Hulk Hogan are you know these sixty uh, year old guys are bleeding all over each other. Which it, they may have had the best match of twenty eleven. To be fair, <laughs> I mean they're two old pros. They know how to do it. But 
yeah, that was. Uh, did you did you contact them and say, hey, can no. you can we get a garnish? No, it's not a garnish. <laughs> slap a garnish. Right. Man, that's got to be that's got to be strange too, because you're using the Bucks who are doing TNA and Ring of Honor, and mm-hmm. then they kind of moved to Ring of Honor, and you're using Kenny King, who's dabbling a little bit, and then he, you know, so you're using guys that are going both places. I mean the. That, that, did the relationship work out okay with TNA and Ring of Honor at the time? It seemed like no. it, it, okay. No, they it, it was never any good with them. Yeah. You know, they uh, one time we got Samoa Joe for a match against Tyler Black. Yeah. This is like 2008. Everything was top dollar. Mm. Uh, we had Abyss a few times. Right. My friend from Puerto Rico. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, they were very they were always always hard to deal with. Mm. You know, yeah, we were easy. Yeah, that was, was a pushover. That's not built for the wrestling business. Ah, uh, well, thank you for sharing the story. I know folks were looking forward to it, and uh, I guess if you're listening, Rick Flair, I think you you still owe Karen some money. Maybe you can uh, maybe you can send that. I give you I give you his phone number, his address, if you hear this. <laughs> well, God bless you, Rick. We wish yeah. you, you know. We wish you the best, but by the way, it's forty thousand dollars to load. Oh, geez, that's that's something. I, and uh, man, I hope I didn't give away too much earlier when we were talking about Jay Lethal and the. That's a fun story. Maybe I'll tell that one day. But all right, maybe we'll get you to tell that next week. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to. I might, okay, they might slap a garnish on me. <laughs> they might censor me. But uh, yeah, so we were talking about the relationship with TNA. I know we promised people that. Uh, I know we were going to talk about at one at one point when TNA pulled the talent. Oh, we'll talk about that next week with the because we were promising that 2004. We pro- yeah, we were promising Ric Flair the sex tour, <laughs> the TNA. We got Ric Flair out of the way, <laughs> and we'll hit 2004 next time. Okay, that's a very pivotal year in Ring of Honor. Well, make sure make sure you subscribe to Last Stop Penn Station. Uh, Give us a rating. Uh, yeah, buy a shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes. Yeah, if you like the camel, he's there. <laughs> and uh, we want to thank everybody globally for listening, which was quite is quite fun to see all those different countries pop yes. up. Yeah. And so, whether you're listening in the United States or around the world, we appreciate you. We hope you join us next week. We're going to take a dive into 2004 and how essentially CM Punk and Samoa Joe more or less saved Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. So. Can't wait to hear that story and much, much more next week right here on Last Stop Penn Station. For AJ, our producer, Carrie Silk, and I'm Ian Riccoboni. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy wrestling. We hail you for listening to Last Stop Penn Station podcast. Rate, review, like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or at laststoppennstation.com.